It's Coffee O'Clock and it brings me great pleasure and joy to welcome you to Coffee with a Counselor's podcast. My name is Simon. I'm a wife, relationship and connection specialist, marriage blogger and daughter of God. I love relationships, so I'm very excited to be sharing about relationships over a good cup of coffee. My cup is steaming and I hope yours is too. Welcome to my second podcast, part two of my Find Your Tribe series. Today we're talking how to find your tribe. Finding your tribe can mean different things to different people. If you have a fixed idea of what a tribe is, you might just miss what and who is being sent your way. I grew up watching Grease, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, Princess Diaries, Legally Blonde, and one thing all these movies have in common is a tight group of forever friends who are more like family. A life of endless sleepovers, girly pillow talk, and a secret diary. It seemed so easy. Friendships founded on a shared love for the same color or shared activity, and they seemed to span the years. It was what all my friendship dreams were made of. When I was younger, I think I made friends easily and would like to think I got on with a variety of people. I was never one for wanting bad vibes between me and others around me. Despite this, I still felt like I couldn't maintain a friendship for fear that they would realize that I wasn't fun enough. I wasn't very funny, that I was too cautious, I was too much of a goody two-shoes. I felt like I was swimming upstream a lot of the time. While typically 16-year-olds were exploring and experimenting, I was making serious value-based decisions, such as making the commitment to date with a purpose. I've always felt like an old soul, serious from a very young age. And when I left school, I struggled to find my fit, and it took me time to find the friendships that I have today. Don't get me wrong, I'm proud of my serious self. She made decisions that I think helped to make me into the 26-year-old woman I am today. But this overly serious nature has also made me feel lonely and isolated at different points in my life. I always felt like I was being overly careful not to burden people with my feelings. And so sadly, I held back so much of myself from my relationships with others. And in hindsight, I realized that I probably tended to drive away friendships before they even had a chance to blossom. In part one of this Find Your Tribe series, I spoke on how a sense of belonging is the most crucial part of a sense of self. Try as we might, we cannot function without others as we are social beings. From the moment we are born and bonded with our parents, we begin the social cycle of inclusion. Belonging in a family, belonging to relatives, within a school, to our friendship circles, within relationships, associations, and our work family. And I believe we do need a community for every role that we play in this world. So as an individual, what communities are you a part of? As a married person, what communities are you serving in? As a woman, a mother, or a wife, what girl gangs are you supporting? For this reason, I think that it's important to consider how we should find our tribe on an individual, relational, and finally collective level. Firstly, we are individuals, and so we need a tribe for our individual self. Your vibe really does attract your tribe, and I know that sounds cliche. 
But as you grow in confidence in who you are, people are drawn to this. And the more you spend time with people who encourage your authentic self, the more confident you will feel in who you are. And it's a wonderfully fierce cycle. Number one, make a list of your passions, your talents, your roles, of who God says you are. So my list might look something like this. I'm a woman. I'm a wife. I'm a relationship counselor and a child of God. I love family. I love coffee, blogging, connecting and sharing with people. I love cooking. I love hosting and planning events. Number two, once I have my list, I need to start seeking out and serving in communities that align with these passions and my purpose. In my life, I might do the following. So I invest in my spiritual family by serving in my church. I've joined small groups. I attend or host church events. I meet with friends that I met at church outside of church events. I've also joined virtual blogging communities. I expanded my counseling practice to include my brand Coffee with a Counselor, where I launched a number of social and safe events for real women talking about real issues. I share my recipes with my online community, and I'm always touched by how many others reach out and share their recipes with me. And so my tribe has grown. You see, some of my tribes formed organically as a result of being born in them or based on my geographical location. But some of my tribes formed through intentionally seeking out these communities that already exist. And some tribes have formed through proactively creating the community I wanted. And then I invited people to connect to this community. Number three, people connect with others that are honest and true to themselves, who are authentic and transparent with their struggles, with their hopes, with their passions. People can relate to that more than a picture-perfect, never-faltering person. And it took me a long time to realize that. I've come to truly value and believe in the power of being the same on the inside as I am on the outside. The person people see online is the same person I want people to meet if they were meeting me for a cup of coffee or in my counseling rooms. In the world of Facebook friends and Instagram followers, which of your friends know the real you? The you underneath the well-liked vacation photos or funny updates about your children and the happy face emojis. Which of them knows your heart, your struggles, your joys, your brokenness, your pain? Which of them would encourage you with real God-centered hope when you needed it most? Number four, with that said, We cannot run away from the fact that we live in the age of technology. And so we live in the age of technologically driven friendships and relationships. I want you to foster friendships that see beyond the online version of you. But I don't want you to underestimate the power of an online community as being a wonderful addition to our world that we never really had before. I'm a part of several online blogging communities, purpose-driven platforms that build, encourage, and grow women. 
Now, the aim of these is to help women in the ministry of their blogs. Now, part of it is obviously to grow my following and my readership. But honestly, the true value comes when I don't focus on my blogs or my content, but rather focus on acknowledging and engaging with others in their blogging, their content, and therefore can foster a community online. Number five is assess the relationships you have now and ask yourself, are they serving me? In what way are they serving me? As we get older, our lives become busier. We are now juggling households, families, careers, and studies. People get caught up in their own lives, and they have families and responsibilities. Now, this doesn't mean that people don't want to be your friend, but it also means that we need to be very intentional with where we are investing our time, our resources, our friendship, because it is precious. Our time is more limited the older we get. So I did a proper sweep of my Instagram a while ago and I started refining the kinds of accounts I wanted to follow. I became intentional about filling my feed with inspiration, with hope, positivity, love, encouragement, godly, strong, victorious women who shared similar interests to me. The thing to remember is that fellowship, friendship and community is not a passive thing. We must first be the friend we desire toward others. To invest in a community is to serve in a community. So often we gauge our level of investment based on how much we will get from the group rather than how much we can give to the group and gain from this giving. So often we allow our fear of not being liked of not fitting in, of being judged, to rob us of the joy that comes from finding a place that we can be fully accepted and appreciated for exactly who we are. But we have a choice. We can either choose to live a life of fear or live a life that fiercely pursues faith. What events are you attending that align with your purpose and your passion? And in what ways could you possibly be more courageous and bold? In what ways do you need to be more responsible and intentional with how you spend your time and with whom you spend your time? Secondly, we are relational beings. Therefore, we need to begin to invest as couples in our relationships. Loneliness should be one of the alarm bells that signals challenges in your romantic relationship. Remember, we want to belong. What that means is that we want to feel like we belong, that we're wanted in our relationships. So when we feel marginalized or feel like we don't belong in our relationship for whatever reason, we begin to feel lonely and isolated. And it becomes easier to find belonging in another relationship in work, in a friend, even in our children. Marriage is not intended as an individual sport. We need others to build relationships. We need others to keep us accountable in our relationships, to encourage us in our relationships. 
I am sure that every bride and groom has considered elopement at some point in their wedding planning process. I remember in the heat of one very stressful planning session, I know we did. Now, truthfully, we would never have gone through with an elopement. We value too much the beauty and power in having our community witness and share in our celebration of love. The irony is we stand before a community of loved ones on our wedding day. But community shouldn't end at our wedding day when the couple is pronounced husband and wife. Instead, I encourage couples to find communities that you can invest in, serve in as a couple. Communities have an active role to play in our marriages. Communities that encourage healthy relationships between you and your spouse. Drew and I value our relationships with our family and we love the way our family has grown since getting married. We are intentional about seeking out opportunities to spend time with our families, to show interest in the things they are interested in, to pray for them in our weeks, and to invite them into our world in healthy and meaningful ways. As a couple, we've also become members of our local church, a community of believers with the same morals and beliefs. From these, beautiful friendships have evolved. We have connected with other couples They keep us accountable and they encourage us in our marriage. No matter how long or short you have been married, I believe that we need to glean wisdom from a trusted married couple in our community. Why not become a mental couple for others in your community? Or start a marriage group that talks about real marriages. By helping other couples form and live out their dreams, one's own dreams for marriage are reawakened, revived, and fulfilled. Drew and I know that our shared interests, hobbies, and passions that we currently have together will one day change. We're going to go through different seasons in our marriage. But if we can invest in the same spiritual goals and mission together, We will always find one another, no matter what season of life we're in. Finally, we are collective beings. And so we need to invest in our collective community, specifically as females. We all know that it takes a village to raise a child. And I am certain that that is not just for the benefit of the children, but for the moms. Women need to find women communities. Let's call these girl gangs. We need to seek the counsel of other wise women. There are tons of Facebook groups dedicated to women supporting women. Join these or start your own. There are events geared towards cultivating girl gangs. Commit to attending these get-togethers with your friends or create your own. Women need women. And this is where my Coffee with a Counselor brand was born. I realized that there was a need for a social, safe, and intimate space for women to come together to learn, to share, to befriend, and encourage one another. Real women talking about real issues. Now, I believe that there is a depth to friendships that are founded on a shared love for God. Now, find your tribe of women who you can talk about the little things and the big things. Talk about TV series, holiday plans, what you're going to make for dinner, fashion. There is such value in finding people who share in mutual interests. But also ensure that you find your tribes and girl gangs that offer you spiritual fellowship. 
where you can talk about what God is doing and has done in your life, where we love and serve one another out of abundance, where we can encourage one another in our walks of faith. There are many ways to cultivate girl gangs. Invite a friend out for coffee, host a small group in your home, start a group for women learning about women in the Bible, invite your friend over for a baking day, join your friend on a run, reach out to a younger woman and befriend her, attend women-orientated events in your area, support women-owned companies, compliment a woman you know rather than comparing yourself to her or criticizing her. And better yet, don't just compliment her outfit or her hair, although those are great too, but compliment her smile, her eyes that shine, her vibrancy, her gentleness, her generosity, or whatever quality you might have seen in her. And when she shares an important piece of information with you, like a date or an interview or a doctor's checkup, follow up with her. Now, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that women cross our paths on purpose, for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Now I must emphasize that cultivating a community will take risk. Often the very thing we want and need is often the very thing that we're going to avoid. Because it means stepping out of your comfort zone. It means showing up as who you are. It's going to take courage and risk to foster relationships. Because real relationships require time, effort, and vulnerability. Deep friendships aren't born overnight. In fact, it's said that it can take up to three years for a friendship to really form. Over time, as we invest in the lives of others, as we share our lives with others, as we bond over meals, pray for one another, serve one another, share what God is teaching, have fun together, laugh together, we are growing deeper and richer connections. Now someone has to take that first step, that great leap of faith. Why not let it be you? Self-esteem, Cultivating community and finding your tribe, ladies, is a journey. It's a way of life. And I'm on this journey with all of you. And for that, I am so grateful. I want to thank you for listening in to Coffee with the Counselor's second podcast. My next podcast is brewing and I cannot wait to share it with you over a good cup of coffee with extra folk.